Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Talk Podcast. As always, I am Rakim, and today I am joined by a special guest today, my friend Jamel. Hello. <laughs> so Jamel, what actually, um, yeah, tell them, uh, so what, 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 did, what do you do? So, um, right now I'm in the works of just learning the best that I can as a health chef and learning all the skills that I can. But other than that, I'm just a total culture, cuisine, and transformi- transformation enthusiast. So Transformation enthusiast. Yes. I dig that. So it's like self-improvement and self-worth yes. and just building that kind of stuff up about yourself. Make, trying to be like a better, the better you, the best you that you can be. Yes. I'm assuming. And I like did, to, to get that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> I like to uh, call myself like a transformation buddy because... Um, I'm really inspired to create safe spaces for people, so it's really cool oh, that okay. you invited me on this because yeah. it's like a safe space. Because we're buddies. We're yeah. buddies. Yeah, I said, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you say that. I kind of, I feel like this is a safe space and everything like that. This is just something that, you know, was fun and uh, I've been wanting to do for a very long time, and I'm glad that it feels like a safe space. I want people to feel comfortable to talk about controversial topics and just things that we don't necessarily talk about when. Uh, we're in a group of people, or, yeah, of or at a party, or, or at, or a, at like an actual coffee shop, at, or at an actual coffee shop. You're to, <laughs> you're totally right. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, yeah, we have our coffee here today, and um, well, obviously you can't see it, but you we're know, we're not sponsored. We're not sponsored. We just <laughs> we just drink really. We just try to drink really good coffee, and it's really good. So mm-hmm. just a shout out. To just Rocky. a shout out. Shout out. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> uh, so. Today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about uh, racial biasness, uh, cultural indifferences, as well as unconscious uh, and confronting racism. Yes. Uh, so, like, with that, um, you as a colored woman, what was it like for you growing up here? You know, I thought I turned that off. Yeah. I thought I turned that off. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, growing up in America, I am... Um, uh, Filipino American, of course. Um, I'd like to say that it was very um, informative. It was, you know, transformational. Um, I grew up being a very observant um, person, mm-hmm. and I was very quiet. So I spent a lot of time observing people and observing how I navigate life and how my family navigates life. So I was really open to see how um, racism is based on the spectrum and how there's a hierarchy. So okay. the um, struggles that I went through would not ever equate to like my brother and sisters who are half Filipino and half black. So it's kind of cool because oh, wow. um, there's six of us and I'm the only full Filipino and every one of them are uh, half Filipino and half literally every like race. So uh, one yeah, of them's like, half white, it, one of them's <laughs> half Latina, one of them's It's the half racial black. rainbow kind of yes, like so. I know that sounds like kind of bad, but it's like a racial rainbow kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to see how um, racism alone or just ignorance alone affects different groups of people based on my own family. So I don't know if that really quite answered your question, no, but no, no, racism no. You, is yeah. complex. So it's a, well I think racism is like a very broad yes. like spectrum and it whether we're conscious to it or not, um, growing up here in the States for me as a black male, um, like the indifferences that I've noticed as well and the treatment that I've received, not saying that it's like been super, super harsh yeah. but 
as I've gotten older, I've become more aware of like, well, I don't think this is right, and I don't, yeah. I don't feel right. Uh, so I'm adopted, and uh, my adoptive family they're white, and um, I picked up my sister. She's my sister's 18. <laughs> my sister is 18. She just turned 18, and um, uh, it was at night. I picked her up, and we were gonna go to a movie. And we were, I, I was coming up to a, I had to make a turn, but I, instead of, I didn't make a U-turn. So instead of making the U-turn because I didn't feel comfortable, I just went down this neighborhood. And it turned out to be like a very kind of sketch neighborhood. And uh, we're just driving and everything like that. And I noticed that there's a cop car behind me. I ended up right behind, right in front of a cop car. And I'm just like looking out my rear view mirror and I'm just kind of like, oh, great, there's a cop behind me. All right, cool. All right, just, you know, kind of stay cool and everything like that. And literally, kind of as I, those thoughts leave my mind, whoop, the lights come on. And I'm like, oh, great. And I'm like, what did I do? And she's like, what did you do? And I was like, I don't know. So we pull over and um, yeah, I was being black at night. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, turns out my, my tags were expired. Okay. Uh, I had a, a I had, previously got a ticket for it and I was in like just waiting for my tax to come in uh yeah it's still kind of illegal to drive around you know without any tags but I had already paid them and just waiting for them to come in uh so the cop co cop comes to my car and you know asks me you know for my license and registration and I'm like yeah and I'm like uh pull out my wallet and everything like that and I was like is there a problem uh you know like what did I do and he was just like you know like yeah you're driving without your you know your tax need to be expired and I was like oh yes explain to him uh, my tags, yes, I, I, do, I am aware they are expired. However, I did get a ticket previously, literally like a few days ago. Um, I'm already taking care of it. Uh, he seemed to be kind of embarrassed by it, I felt like, because um, as I was talking to him, I reached, I looked to my right to go to the glove compartment to get my things. And there's another squad car and there's three more police officers right there. And like, I was just like, and I freaked out. I was just like, oh my God, whoa, I did not even see you. And, uh, cause they were silent. They were just all, I was surrounded by just cops. Oh my God. And I was just like, oh my God. And anytime that, you know, you get pulled over, you know, it's like, oh my God, what did I do? What's wrong? Cause it's yeah. the fucking law, you know? And it's like, um, kind of, I'm slightly hysterical here because I'm just like, oh God, all these cops cars out of nowhere. <laughs> so there's, 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 yeah, there are like two, there are two squad cars and there were four, three to four police officers. I don't even remember. And, um, you know, they were just like, the guy kind of seemed to kind of have an attitude after I showed him my, my ticket and he was just like, all right, well, watch your speed. And, you know, you, you can't drive around like with that and where are you guys going? I was like, I'm taking her to the movies, but I have to get gas. And he's like, He's like, get gas. He's like, where are you getting gas from? And I'm like, he's like, there's no gas station around here. And I'm like, yeah, there is. There's Wawa up the street. And uh, he seemed kind of just like, all right, whatever. This guy's a jerk. Or I, Dang it. you know, like whatever. Yeah, he still could have gave me another ticket. But at the same time, he's just like, well, you know, watch your speed. And yeah. And they get into the cars and everything like that. And he doesn't write me a ticket and they leave. And uh, I was just kind of like, all right, to so my sister, I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I could tell she was like wanting to say stuff, so we'd like pull off. And um, I was like, are you sure you're okay? And she's like, I felt like you were just racially profiled. And to have my white sister say that to me, yeah. I was just kind of like, that was kind of surprising because uh, she 
recognized it even before I did. Yeah. Um, to be a black male, to drive, to to be a black male and to drive like here uh, in the states, it's slightly, it's it's kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because you know, if I end up in front of a cop car, I'm like constantly looking out my rearview mirror because I'm like, you know, you see all of these things in the news about people getting shot for unjust reasons, mm-hmm. and they're just getting away with it. You know, uh, it's it's very terrifying to think that you know you could be next. It's very uh, disheartening, especially yeah. in this day and age. It's yeah, it's it's very disheartening, and it's really sad, and it angers me. And I was man, I was I was listening to another podcast just the other day, and. Um, I didn't know this had happened, but there was another um, female who, um, another black female, I can't remember, I think her name was Sharon. Um, she got shot. She was, she got shot and killed by a white police officer uh, just for failing to turn at a light or something like that. Uh, failing the signal to turn, I think it was. And uh, the officer, you know, of course, same thing, unfortunately, you know, the same thing that you hear day in and day out, became overly aggressive with her, uh, removed her from the car shot her killed her boom just because of that you know mm-hmm. he asked her to get out the car she was like i don't see a reason for me to resisting the arrest pretty much ends up shot i mean i feel like it needs to be changed that rule of like resisting like arrest or whatever the technical term is it's it's just very dehumanizing for you to think that a person who's going through that is not going to be scared not going to be able to stand up for their basic human right to not be accused of something so it's like it's really sad to see that some people side with um police officers saying well they resisted arrest they resisted their arrest Mm -hmm. they're resisting arrest and they have three warning shots in their back and it's just like wow it's it's like profound like to me and i think like this year i think with one thing that I'm trying to focus on with myself is my racial identity. Uh, I feel like that is one of my main things I'm trying to work on this year. Uh, my fiance is Vietnamese, mm-hmm. and her parents don't necessarily accept me because yes. one of the reasons why is because that I'm black, and they're very traditional. Of course, what good parent doesn't want their only daughter, yeah, only child, to have a good life? And I know that her parents want her to have good things, but they just can't get past the but it's really you know it's really effed up for them to think that yeah. she can't have a good life with just someone because, just because of just because yeah. your skin color yeah it. just because of my skin color and uh it was it was very frustrating um we we went there we, we told her we told her parents we told her mom christmas day and um <laughs> and her mom like kicked us out christmas day really christmas well christmas dinner it was it was bad and i've never seen my fiance like cry like that it was it was troubling, and uh, I was very upset, and I tried not to show it, but she was hysterical, um, just angry, I and just, imagine. yeah, it was it was really bad, and um, so afterwards, uh, we got milkshakes, and we sat in the car, we talked about it, <laughs> and, um, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we talked about it, and, um, she she was okay afterwards. We were both okay, and I asked her. I was like, "Why do you think you know your parents don't appreciate like don't don't accept it?" And she told me she's like, "Mostly because I think it's because you're black." And I was just like, "All right, cool. So I'm not crazy." And she's like, "No, I don't think you're crazy." And uh, we just sat and we just just tried to like just get through it, and we we still are going through it. You know, uh, as of right now, they're 
still don't want to come to the wedding. And, uh, you know, she, she has her best friend's dad walking her down the aisle instead of her own father. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's very tough. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that culture. I don't understand that. I definitely don't understand that mindset. I, I do, to a degree, understand it. Um, only because, you know, I don't know what her parents went through coming from Vietnam and everything like that. And uh, the struggles that they've gone through and everything like that. And they want, you know... It's, this is America. This is supposed to be the land of opportunity. Yes. You know, for you to, like, you can come here and you can be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that means that in America you can be charged with anything. Yes. So, I mean, it's it's very disheartening. And like, it's, it's, yeah. A game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's very, and it's very sad. And I just, I just don't understand, like, um, that, that kind of mindset. So, um I feel like I am, have you ever caught yourself being racially biased? What do you mean? As in, like unconsciously, racially like, uh, like biased. Like when I had s- internalized racism within myself? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> so I could definitely tell you the perspective of it. Um, most of it does not come from like a logical reason. A lot of it comes from ignorance and colorism. Yeah. even within my own culture. So um, growing up, it was always a joke. I knew this was wrong because I was, I had a different perspective um, against people of other um, ethnicities and other heritages, and um, especially uh, um, with black people because my own siblings were um, half black. So my dad's side, which is fully Filipino, they always thought it's always a joke within like most Asian cultures. Don't want to rat you guys out, but yeah. <laughs> whether I worked at a restaurant or within my family, um, it was always a joke to point out a black person. Like in my oh. my family, they'd be like, "Oh, you, what if Jamel's gonna come home and her boyfriend's gonna be ego?" Or if I worked in a restaurant, they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, look at that hakwai!" Or look at that mudang walk in. And I always knew it was wrong, but like growing up, that's all I ever heard. So that's all I ever knew. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was like, ha ha ha, you're so funny. And I thought lightly of it, but I knew as I grew up, I was like, you know, that's really effed up. Like why, why, why why is that funny? That's, that's just ignorance. That's just racist. Yeah. Yeah. But it took me a while to get out of that mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm really blessed to have my whole like racial rainbow family so (laughs) I could like fight for something and give a perspective that people who are just Mm -hmm. stuck in their own communities and their own families can't see yeah so it's like it's hard to get through to those people because they only know what they know yeah they only know kind of of what what they experience yes Uh, so do you think like coming from like a family of multiple races you know it definitely opens up you even your point of view, your, your, um, uh, what's the word here I'm trying to think of, like mindset, I guess. Not necessarily mindset, but uh, perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, um, sometimes you know, you know, like sometimes you have people who are like, I'm not racist at all. I have a black friend or I'm oh. not racist. My kids are black. Yeah. That's exactly my own mom. 
it took me a while to realize that because growing up when you're a kid you, you just want to idolize your mom for being the strongest woman ever yeah. but then the more that I grew up I realized wow she has a lot she needs to work on <laughs> yeah. and um this used to be triggering for me but I'm able to speak about it because maybe it could be an outlet for other people who can relate okay um so my mom tries to excuse herself from being racist um, or ignorant against black people. She's entirely racist against black people um, oh. because she, my sister and my brother, they're half black. Her ex-husband was black, so she thought she could excuse herself. But there was one day that my sister and my um, mom were having a huge argument with each other. And my mom knows that she was wrong. And she could not get through to my sister during that argument, so her only defense was to be like, why are you acting like an N-word with a hard R? And I remember my house being silent. I was silent. My dad, who was Filipino, knew that she shouldn't have said that was silent. And I remember just like feeling heartbreak for my sister, because my sister had to grow up black with an ignorant mom. And to hear your own mother say that to you. Oh my gosh, yeah must be so hard wow yeah i uh, wow i wow that's <laughs> yeah yeah um i feel I, I i understand that so growing up i i, I went to multiple schools like yes. almost every year uh, most of the schools that i went to were predominantly black yeah um so i wasn't really around a lot of white kids or uh Hispanic, Filipino, Puerto Rican mm-hmm. kids. It was mostly just black. And uh, so I was kind of, I became like very desensitized to it. Yeah. And same. it was always kind of like, you know, you dance like a white boy and mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you're so white and everything like that. And like growing up, I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family, I feel yeah. like. I mean, I've told you this before, yeah. Uh, with, you know, like the way I dress, the way I act, the way I sound, even. Um, it's very surprising to if you were to if you were to meet uh, my brother, one of my brothers, or one of my sisters, um, the, you can tell it, you, there's a difference. There's a huge difference, uh, even with just by the way that we talk. And um, it's very surprising. Uh, you know, I was on the phone w- one day with my sister, my younger sister, Excuse and um, I ended up talking to her friend. And I just, I said something, I don't even remember what it was. And then she's like, why do you sound like that? You sound, you sound so proper. You sound so like, you sound so white. And it was just kind of like, does, 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 I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, I guess, does that have a race? I, I mean, language does have a race. Um, but I didn't know that the way that I talk has a race. I don't think tone does. Tone. I, I feel like. It's so crazy because as people of color, we are fighting different battles, whether it's within our own groups or within other outlying groups. Yeah. There's always like something where you have to prove yourself. And like, I don't know this myself, but I have seen it from afar because um, I've seen my sister say that to my niece because she grew up around me. So she talked like me. So she sounded mm-hmm. like me and she would make fun of them being like, why do you sound white? <laughs> oh, so you think you smart? You, yeah. You think you smart? That, yeah. And it's yeah. just like, what? What do you even mean? Like, I'm, I'm just talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. This is just, this is the way that I sound. I, I, I don't know. I don't apologize. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's very surprising. Um, 
so like I said, I'm adopted, and my adopted family's white. Uh, one of the major times that I encountered racism was we went to a family reunion, or their family reunion, and this is out in Kentucky. Who? Uh, <laughs> I was I was the only uh, black kid there. Yeah. The only one. There was a there was an older um, there was an older black man there. Uh, he seemed to be married to one somebody else that was there, but I was the only like black kid at the time there. I was maybe 17, 16, mm-hmm. I think. And I just wanted, I didn't want to be put on anybody else because it, it was just extremely awkward not knowing anybody. And to walk in and then everyone's kind of like being polite about it, but mm-hmm. not being polite about it, as in like looking at me inside I like Kind of like in Get Out? Yeah, kind of like, yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, who's this black kid that's in here? And uh, so one day we... Um, we got into one of their jeeps and we went. We were going to go fishing, and uh, I needed a fishing license, a temporary fishing license. So we went. We had to stop at a place, and they were like, "Rocky, you actually might want to stay in the car." And I was just go, "Why?" It's like people around here don't take too kindly to black people, and don't think that we are like that. But just so you know, uh, you know, I was just like, "Okay, cool." And I felt like it was a scene from like an old like. I felt like it was like a scene from, uh, like, Remember the Titans or, like, any type of that era kind of music where they tackle racism because I was that black kid that was still naive enough to be like, oh, it's fine, I'll be okay, whatever. And uh, so we go into the place, and it was was extremely painful. Uh, You know, walk in, and um, they're like, yeah, can I get a, uh, I'd like to get a, a temporary fishing license. Like, where are you from? And uh, to, to my other cousins and everybody else, it, it was fine. The guy was totally fine, nice as can be, whatever. He gets to me, and he's just like, I could tell he just did not want to talk to me. He did not want to affiliate with me whatsoever. Um, and he was just extremely short, and he, he kind of didn't even want to take my money. And it was just like, oh my gosh. And it was subtle, but at the same time, it was still excruciatingly mm-hmm. painful. Be that walk back outside and getting into the car. I'm just like talking about it now. I'm just like, oh, oh man. But you know, like getting back into the car, they're like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And I wasn't really angry at the time. I was just very sad because, uh, like, you know, like to you, it's like, what did I do? Yeah, I, you know, um, I, I, and then of course, growing up, I grew up around these people for almost ten years. But yeah, it was very disheartening, and I was just, yeah, like I said, I was very sad, and you're right, it was just kind of like, what did I do? Like, yeah. I'm just black, and, um, you know, it, it, the, the rest of the day turned out pretty okay, it was, it was fun, but that just kind of lingered with me, and that still, it's like, it's that taste is still in my mouth when mm-hmm. I think about going back there. Uh, well, I, I, there's no reason for me to go back there, but when I do think back to that period of my life, I was just so kind of like, I'm just a token black guy, I'm yeah. just a token kid. And I used to make fun of myself, you know, because I just did. It's and like a, I understand that, yeah, that's how you cope. It's kind of how you cope, you know, I was just kind of like, I'm just a black guy, you know, everything like that. And it didn't, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me until like much later on in life, I was just like, whoa, this is wrong. This is completely, completely like, I didn't like, it's so cringe, like thinking back to it like today, this is like, 
wow, I mean being racial, racist towards my own kind. Yes. And um, after, so after like living, I, I've lived foster care, like the foster family, foster family, foster family. And uh, most of them were black. Um, I think all of them actually were black until I moved in, until I moved in with my step folks and uh, who were white. Um, and I, I got to see all these different perspectives and different ways of living and I'm completely grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned a lot uh, culturally as well as just intellectually and mm-hmm. just trying to grow from that. Um, there was a point in my life where actually I did not really want to, and not necessarily was racist, and to me I don't think it was racist, but I didn't want to really be around like a lot of black people because I didn't want to be part of that stigma of we're just being hoodlums out in the street. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to hang out with white kids. I was trying to hang out with different other kids because... And I felt like that was that. That's, it feels really bad. I feel really sad. No, it's okay. I, I kind of like kind of ashamed like, about it a little bit. You know, you're surrounded by so much where it's like you can't help but be scared to be proud to be who you are. Yeah. And yeah. I understand that. So I, you know, from from a cultural standpoint, uh, I was actually, yeah, at one point I kind of feel like I was sometimes was racist towards my own kind because it was very just like. Yeah, I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to be affiliated with that. Um, I didn't want to be just another black kid. And uh, well, you're not just another black kid. You're Rocky. Hold on. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, can you like, um, from a cultural standpoint, where do you where do you sit with your own race? Like, have you ever been like yourself? Kind of um, like, I'm going to step away. Because <laughs> y'all are too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm actually on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in me where I've always been like an SJW. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to be ashamed of it because people used to like shun me for being like, why are you, why are you so passionate about something that doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. Or like that. So there was a point in time where I stopped fighting for my roots or fighting for other people of color but right mm-hmm. now um i'm super passionate about it so within for my own cultural standpoint um and being grateful for the um my racial like quoting you my racial <laughs> rainbow family um i'm really proud of the different pr- perspectives that i grew up with so being filipino american um or being an Asian American, I do want to point out that sometimes, like, we do have to fight for intersectionality for all of us. We do have to fight for each other, but we also, as Asians, we also have to realize that we are under a glass ceiling. Um, we are on this, like, social hierarchy, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of um, colorism exists in Asia. So, do you understand? I do to a stamp- I, to a point. I okay. think I understand, yeah. So, um... <laughs> Colorism within my own country, uh, the darker you are, uh, the less respected you are. So me, to me, I'm like nothing. I'm like, my skin color is just like coffee. It's like whatever. But when I went to the Philippines, um, being from America, everyone loves being tan. But when I went to the Philippines, Mm -hmm. 
I was like that token girl. Oh no. I remember um, my mom being like, this is my daughter, this is her. And people would be like, wow, she's a black beauty. And I was like, black? Hey, I look like y'all. <laughs> what do you what mean? Do you, what do you mean? What do you, what do you so mean? <laughs> that's when I was first open to like colorism within my own culture, mm-hmm. where um, you were much more beautiful if you had lighter skin. You were much more intelligent if you had brighter skin. You, wow. you were given more respect if you had lighter skin. And darker skin within our own community is like, you're from the slums. You're... Why are you doing that? And like even like to this day, my cousin who um, grew up totally just um, in America, she's from California. She went to find her cultural roots in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and my dad is in the Philippines. Um, so she told me that when she saw my dad, my dad was like, "You need to stop being in the sun because you're starting to look black." Oh my! And he was like, "If you keep getting darker, darker skin." No one's going to know you're from America. So it's like... Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like very elitist, very classist colorism. Um, And I know that colorism doesn't just exist in um, Asia, but I've heard it. um, People talk to me about it in Latin communities or even um, just here alone in America. Mm -hmm. So I've seen from my cultural standpoint um, the ignorance against that. And also something that I do want to point out that I heard you talk about with um, your fiance's parents where they came to America as the land of opportunity. And I feel like um, it's very hard to talk about this as Asian Americans because we do, I think it's a generational gap um, where I try to talk to my parents or my mom about just emotions or like being like, why don't you understand where I'm from? You just care about me being a nurse. You just care about me being successful. You don't care to try to listen to me and how I feel. And I remember when my I would tell my mom being like, why don't you care about how my, I feel? And it just not get through to her. And she's like, how you feel, how you feel? Is that going to pay your bills? Is that you're going to pay the bills? Blah, 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 blah. So she totally disregarded who I am as a human being. Yeah. Who has feelings? Who has emotions? And I know she does. So I'm like, why am I not getting through like, to you? Yeah. How does yeah? Yeah. How does that equate? And growing up, um, I totally realized where my mom was coming from, or where any first generation parents, or Asian parents, or any immigrant parents comes from, where all their life, all they had to do was survive. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they did, as second generation, like um, person of color. It is a privilege to be able to look into self-care, to be able to acknowledge, wow, I'm feeling grateful today, or wow, um, what this happened, I'm going to learn from it. But my parents didn't get that privilege because all they had to do was fight for their own, to fight for a better life for their kids, to fight for maybe a future, potential future. So it's like... A very complex issue and that's why I see that it's very hard to try to get to your fiance's parents because survival is all they've ever known and survival is all my family have ever known and still know to this day so it's like it's very heartbreaking because I don't talk to my parents because of that because they don't see it as a form as toxic of toxicity and if anything they see me as a form of toxicity because mm. I abandoned family but just like how your fiance has her best friends at the wedding, mm-hmm. to us, it's like, 
family is people who care about us. Exactly. But coming from an Asian yeah. family, family is all you ever know. It doesn't matter if you're toxic. That is your mom. That is your dad. That is your sister. If you abandon us, you abandon this family. You so, abandon us this name. I So I definitely completely agree with that last statement right there. Um, so like I said, I've lived foster care mm-hmm. in and out throughout my whole entire life. Um, but, and like, and I still, I have my cousins, you know, I have my aunts and my uncles, I have my own mom. I don't, I don't necessarily speak to any of them. Um, there's not a lot of people that, uh, there's not a lot of family members that I speak to because to me, they are family only by blood. Yeah. And, uh, but, but my, my step fan, my, my step folks, they are my step folks. Um, I call them that because they were there when I didn't have a place to live. Uh, when I was really kind of like, I'm getting kicked out, I have nowhere to go, mm-hmm. you can stay here. Mm-hmm. And that right there, that that's family. So they're invited to my wedding. No one necessarily in my family is invited to my wedding. Yeah, um, but from, by blood. By blood, yeah. I have, my only, the, my only family that I consider family is my younger brother. I have a younger brother and I have an older sister. Uh, that's really about it. Uh, I don't, other than that because so it was always my younger brother and myself i'm one of six and it was always my younger brother and myself and we were always had each other going in and out we foster care living house to house to house so we we're we're close we understand Mm -hmm. each other's struggles we understand where we're coming from and he understands where i'm coming from when i'm like you know i don't want my cousins i don't want my aunts i don't want my uncles to really you know come to this wedding because you know it's a cultural clash. It's a cultural clash, you know. Uh, they they feel like you know they're you know when I post these on you know social media, Facebook or whatever, and there's like where's my invite? Uh, you know they're gonna be looking at me, and I'm gonna be like, well, it's I mean, like you, just because our parents, our relatives, doesn't mean you're entitled yeah, to my you space. Know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I you don't owe me anything. Yeah. I, I don't, don't owe, owe you, you anything, anything. You know. Damn. No. Heck no. Heck no. No, you're fine. You're you're def- you're, <laughs> you're you're totally fine. <laughs> Hell no. Um, so it's kind of like the, you know they they expect these things, but it's like you're only family by blood, and exactly. I respect you to a certain point, but where were you when I needed a place to live? You exactly. Know? Where, but where was I when you had these struggles going on? You know, we owe each other nothing. Totally so let's leave, let's leave that at that. And uh, so I haven't, this is so funny, so I haven't posted anything about my wedding on, um, on, on social media, none whatsoever. I haven't posted any photos. Just done, to avoid that. Conflict. Just to avoid that because I know as soon as I post those things, oh, as soon as I post those things, it's going to be like, where's my invite? So yeah, it was, I, I feel like, the, you know, they're expecting like a handout. But I don't want to give it to them. Of it's course. like it's annoying because whenever it comes to family, you have to hold yourself responsible for anything, but nobody else can hold themselves accountable for how yeah. they hurt you. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Exactly. But you hurt them. Yeah. But I hurt them, and it's like, yeah, I know for a fact. Like I don't. Well, I believe. I strongly believe that one of like one of my younger sisters just, you know, doesn't want to come, and it's just like. Is she the one that you're close to, or is it the no, one by blood? My my older sister is the one that I'm close to, not not my younger sister. Um, 
you know, I know for a fact she, I don't think she wants to come. I don't think she would want to come. Uh, and it's just like, it's just a lot of inner clashing and everything like that. I know we're kind of straying off topic, but it's just like, it's a lot. But um, Yeah, this whole topic is yeah, very it's, broad. It's, it's it could take very, us probably yeah. <laughs> a year's worth of tackling it. One year later, we're still here talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have a series. Maybe I should. Actually, that, that's not a bad idea, actually. I, I could have a series. A series. A racial Rainbow series. I don't racial know. Rainbow series. Like, racial, racial Rainbow series. We're speaking into existence. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was just... Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. I lost my chain of thought there for a moment. Sorry. Um, so, I have these white people these white folks i should say i don't know it's like sometimes for me yeah. it's like sometimes when i say like white people it's like so, i kind of feel bad about it but i'm like why it, should i feel bad about it because yeah. it's so true it's true so not you, for the, all of them for the majority yeah not for all of them yeah um i feel like i don't know so there's so many lines there's so and, and everything's great to me there's no it's not simply black and white uh mm-hmm. it becomes kind of merged and mirrored uh i actually want to hear your perspective on this because i get that you know it's great that to be proud of who you are i want people to be proud of who they are be proud of where they come from be proud of their race uh however i feel like everyone seems to just clash over the fact that we can't um express like who we are um what do you mean like scenario like scenarios like i'm trying to think uh I have, like I said, you know, um, I feel like I'm going around in circles here. Um, I feel like it's there's there's lines. Um, I want people. Um, you could be you could be proud that you're white. Mm-hmm. You could be proud that you're black, Hispanic, Filipino, Asian. It's just when it gets to the points where we start to clash, that's where the problems are. And um, I I. I I want to go from here tackling like racism in a more classic way, uh, classy way, excuse me. And um, like, so for example, when we had that. Okay, I think we need to give them the backstory. Okay, so you can you can start off on that one. Okay, okay. So um, if you guys don't know, Rocky and I work with each other, worked with each other. Yeah. we had one coworker who suggested that another coworker who to me has proven himself to be entirely ignorant and racist, yeah. even though everything was just a joke to them, um, I didn't appreciate it because I don't think that people of color should be the butt of every single joke in order for you to feel funny about yourself. Yeah. So anyways, that coworker suggested that the new place that I'm working at um, should work there and I told them no I don't want them to work there because where I'm currently working now is um, it's a tiki bar but it's focused on Hawaiian but mon- uh, mainly like Filipino cuisine which means a lot to me yeah. because um, the cuisine of my ancestors and everything that I grew up with is finally making its way in popularity in America so I simply just said, no, why would I want them to work there if it's obvious that they're not going to respect my culture? Yeah. And this coworker just went, 
zero to 100. It's like, <laughs> okay, first of all, the reason why the owner of that new place that you're working at is because they want money. They want money and they do not care about all that culture stuff that you're so like triggered about and they were yeah. just going off. And I just remember sitting there being like, all right, well, you're never going to understand it. So I'm going to yeah. let you have that one. So it was like... Pick your, choose your battles. Choose your battles because sometimes people... I really want to engage with these people, but sometimes yeah. people just don't want to listen to you and yeah. what you fight for. And it's just like, wait, where was I getting to this? So, <laughs> no, I see. I was. I literally just did that. I was like, there was, there was a point I was trying to make. And yeah, there was like a... There, I was a train of thought and it just derailed. Um, oh, but also yeah. I wanted to say, I wish I said this, but it's like... Um, it's a little ignorant for you to suggest that every business owner just does this for money. the greed and money. Like, obviously, any business is for money because mm-hmm. it's not a nonprofit. Nobody's going to open something to be like, hey, I'm going to slave away my workers just because I don't want to. There are people who do that, power to them, but I'm pretty sure most businesses, business owners, yeah. do things because make obviously <laughs> all of them want to make a living. But also, I know that that business and me working for them. Um, is a lot deeper than just making money. So, do you think that that coworker uh, didn't see your point of view mainly because they were white? Yes, and I don't like to assume this. I like to assume the best in everybody, um, especially for white people, because I I have seen that it's 2019. A lot of my white friends, a lot of um, strangers that I meet who are white, have proven to me that they are allies. But the reason why I know that that person is not an ally and will never respect me for what I fight for because of the terms they said to me. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, they told me verbatim and they used to be my friend. Um, and now I just don't feel like I can trust my space and my boundaries around them because mm-hmm. um, after that conversation, they told me, um, you know, racism only offends those that let it. And I just want positivity and rainbows. And they also said, I don't see color. When you turn off the lights, everybody's black. black. And then tries to joke about it and quote Snoop Dogg. And it's like, positivity and rainbows aren't going to give justice to those who are literally dying. Preach it. Preach it. (laughs) Literally getting profiled. Literally being discriminated against. Literally being made feel like they're less than just by being that person that they are. Yeah, just by being who they are. Exactly. And that's not what... I don't believe that's who we are as a people. That is not who exactly. we are as a people. We are better than this, and we, we can be better than this. We should be able to be proud and speak loudly without being um, mm-hmm. feeling ashamed to be like, you're to this, you're to that. Why does culture matter? And it's mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? Yeah, but when you raise your voice and when you, know, you become emotionally invested in it, you're that angry woman. Yes. And you're that angry, you're, you're just an angry black person. or Angry even brown girl. Angry, angry brown girl. Uh, just You're just that angry black guy. Yeah. Just mouthing off on You just come off as that person who's like, oh God, here comes another SJW. Here comes yeah. another liberal. Mm-hmm. Just because they went to college, they think yeah. they're smarter than everybody else. Exactly. And I was like, do you even, I remember talking yeah. to that coworker being like, you aren't, you aren't truly trying to listen to me you're just listening to reply you're not trying to listen to me in my narrative and I understand that where you come from is totally different from mine but you have to realize that where you come from does not align with mine so I would expect that if you care for me as a friend like you say you do you would take the time to listen to what this means to me 
why why does everything have to be a joke or be disregarded? Yeah, so I think you hit on a, a lot of that whole that whole entire thing was all good points. Um, again, you just become they become like desensitized, and that's what I was trying to say earlier. I feel like there is that racial wall there yes. because simply because he's white they don't see the struggles that you and I have had to go through yes. growing up and everything like that. There, I do believe there is a certain privilege with that. Like, with, like There with, is privilege with being a white person. And, like, sometimes I feel like we have to speak lightly on that, but, yeah. but it is. You're, you're you definitely right. Yeah, 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 most definitely. I feel like you're, you're, you're definitely right. There was, um, there was a photo that went viral maybe two years ago um, of... I do believe there was a college, a college, college there was a shooting somewhere, uh, like a school shooting, college shooting, on a campus, and I do believe the perpetrator was black, the shooter was black, and uh, a few weeks later, or days, I'm not entirely sure, there was a white girl who posted um, a picture of herself walking on campus with a gun. Oh, I know who you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. And she was saying, you know, her, her starting point was that, you know, that privilege doesn't exist. You know, white privilege doesn't exist. And I remember, like, seeing that, and I was, I, okay, my initial thought and reaction was, like, anger. Mm-hmm. I, I was upset. I was just like, wow, oh, okay, cool. So they can do that, but if, if I were to do that, I would get arrested. I would get shot on the spot, probably yes. then, right then and there. She, she doesn't. And, rea- she didn't realize that her being able to take that picture mm-hmm. with a machine gun strapped yes. to her back is mm-hmm. privilege alone. Exactly. She doesn't pay attention to everything mm-hmm. else that doesn't include her. Mm-hmm. Every day you see um, articles, even just the headlines, are entirely not inclusive. Um, it could be, say. A black guy were to do something successful, they'd be like, instead of stating his name where that credit is due and for the work that he's done, it's black man makes accomplishment. A black guy makes this. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. That's a total <laughs> tangent. But like, that, that really angers me too. And that reminds me of, of this. Um, there's this one, I used to work at Starbucks, and I had a customer who would make me laugh all the time. And I, I didn't like, know you worked at Starbucks. I did. I did not know that. I did not like it. I, I worked, how long did you work there? Probably totally like, off topic, but yeah. Yeah, like, like, like 10 months. 10 months, okay, okay. But um, I had a customer who like added me on Facebook, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're like a loyal customer, they're so funny, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, I'm very SJW or whatever on my Facebook because, um, you know, I have to... Uh, give out my perspective that could cha- possibly change others mm-hmm. um, within my own friend group and family. So um, a lot of the stuff at that time was like during the Charlottesville, what happened in Charlottesville, um, just that whole like six months was just very terrifying. Yeah. And um, with all the shootings, all the racial profile thing and all that. And I remember they messaged me and they're like, wow, you're racist. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, you're racist against white people. They're like, oh, okay, you liberal. Okay, um, frat boy. So because you think you go to college, you're better than everybody else. And I remember being really heartbroken because I really liked that person. And I was like, no, that's not at all. And I try to engage respectfully and try to give them... Like insight? Insight of it. your perspective? They just kept calling me racist. And I'm like, 
why does me being pro-black or pro-person of color or pro-women person of who's a person of color mean that I'm anti-white? Just because that I'm trying to celebrate who um, you are in um, other or fight for other people of color or fight for the black community or say that simply say that black lives matter too does not mean that I am against white people. So it's just like, yeah. wow, that really just happened. Yeah. Wow, that really it, just happened. That, yeah. <laughs> it it's it's very disheartening. Um, and it's very it's very it's it's very unfortunate. I, you know, as a as a black male growing up here, uh, even like today, um, I want to try to bridge that gap, you know, and, and try to figure out like where can we go from here? Because at the end of the day, we're all human. Uh, we are all one species. Um, and I think the beautiful thing about it is that we we all come from different backgrounds and we all have different ethnicities. It should be celebrated. We should we see should people be, yeah. for who they are and mm-hmm. love them for that because why, why should we be monotone we are not we are multifaceted people with different beliefs different ethics different values that's why we have just this beautiful diverse world that's totally humbling and if you ask me i think that is america that is america that 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 we could talk about the history of america but (laughs) well (laughs) it's like that that is the beauty of america that there's so many different perspectives and you don't really see that anywhere else in the world. I mean, like, there's some places, but, like, that's why I have faith and hope in America. Yeah. So, would you, are you hopeful or optimistic? I'm not optimistic. I'm, I like to call myself a realist. I know that this, I want to fight this fight and I want to spread empathy throughout this world. Um, but I do know there are a lot of battles Um, because sometimes I have my own friends who tell me that they don't ever want to engage. But to me, I feel like we should engage with not our enemies, but those who have different point of views with each other, because how are we ever going to grow grow if we just keep to ourselves? I definitely, and that's my outlook, I feel. That is is my outlook. Excuse me. Um, It's going to be hard. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be extremely difficult. Yeah. Uh, because you have people that are completely set in their ways, you know, that are completely set with their mindsets, and they aren't willing to change. And I would rather have a conversation with someone I don't agree with. Exactly. Same. You know, because I wouldn't want to see where they're coming from and broaden my perspectives on to see things from their point of view. Um, if we're ever gonna get somewhere, we have to agree to disagree. Yeah. And that's have, okay. Yeah. And just meet somewhere in the middle, and I feel like you know when you bring in politics and that's where it gets all murky because well, we shouldn't because politics is everywhere around us so well, why do we act like we have to avoid it i don't feel like you have to okay so my thing with politics is is simply for the fact that uh to me one of the things that i've heard growing up is politics is one of the three topics that is very taboo to talk about at parties uh it was like uh, religion politics and i believe sports is last and um, nobody wants to nobody wants to talk about politics, and I think um, <laughs> it's just gonna enrage everybody. It's just gonna enrage, you know, and <laughs> no, you know, because people are, com- you know, they are completely set in their ways. They they are completely like, you know, they're liberal or they're Democrat or they're Republican, and they are just stuck. And I feel like <sighs> it's, it's a damn shame. Um, 
because I want to see, you know, where they're coming from on the other side of the board, you know? And I want to see, like, oh, okay, I never thought of it that way. Okay, yeah. we, we can try that, or let's switch some things and maybe try this, too. Um, I don't it's know. It's hard to have those conversations. I wish I could. Yeah. I feel like now, if I were to ever um, meet someone who just screams about an ignorance to my own narrative, I feel like I, I, I would want and encourage people to be like, asking questions not from a place of anger to be like well why do you feel that way or why does this anger you why does me doing this anger you mm-hmm. and i just really wish that people sometimes spoke on politics and it wasn't such a taboo conversation because i feel like the more comfortable we are about it the more comfortable we are with ourselves yeah. and with others and it's just like i know that's asking for a lot but i mean i don't know that's my hopefulness. I, I try to be hopeful. Um, I, I still try to see the good in people. Um, if someone comes across to me as cross, um, maybe they're just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's funny. Because uh, there are people out there that, and even within my own family, that if a white person were to be cross with them, mm-hmm. or, or, yeah, be cross with them or come with them with an attitude of some sort, their first instinct is that they're racist. Yeah. And it's just like, well, it's not necessarily true. I don't, I don't, I don't, hold the phone, hold the phone. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, the, if you call a white person a racist, to them that's the N word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The racism, the race, so like, race, <gasps> what do you mean? <laughs> I am not, I am not a racist. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, but then again, they're also the same person who, in the same sentence, they will whisper, "So yeah, they were a black guy." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend, my 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 best friend, um, he is uh, Filipino, and uh, he is totally comfortable with dropping the N word in front of me. What? Yeah. Hard R. And <gasps> it's only been it's only been recent uh, within like the past year. I, we've known each other for years. Yeah. Uh, and it's only been recent within the last year. And is it in a this racist is, context? It's not, in a, it's not necessarily in a racist context. Well, if you use that word, it is in a racist context, to yes, me, honestly. Yes. No matter how you use it, it's still a racial context. Uh, content. Um, but I've noticed within the past like year or so, he's been like, comfortable. And so he's Hispanic, I'm black, and my other best friend is white. And we were hanging out one day at, at my friend's house, and... Uh, we were, uh, they were, they were um, going over like a movie quote, like a movie, like a movie scene or whatever. And in that movie scene or whatever, there was the N word, mm-hmm. and we all knew about it. And uh, my white friend, he, well, my his, my my Filipino friend, he goes, he's about to say it, and then I could tell if I, I looked to my white friend, and I could tell it was coming up, and he he could tell it was coming up, and he's just like. He's like looking, <laughs> and uh, like soon as my friend said the N word, I just looked to my friend, my white friend, and I just see the look on his face, and he just goes, "Oh no!" Mm. He like made the face. It's like, "Oh, he said it. Oh, he said it. He he actually said it." And um, I stopped what I was doing, and I I glazed over it. Yes. I I kind of stopped what I was doing for a moment, and I just kind of looked over at him, kind of like, "Whoa, you actually said that." Hmm. And I was very surprised. Did and you say anything? I did not. Do you wish you did? I do. 
<laughs> and I'm trying to figure out because this only happened maybe three times. I can uh, I can only uh, like account for like three times where it actually is actually happened. One is enough. One one is actually definitely enough. Um, and it, it's very it's very it's interesting because I see it from two points. I see it as one either you just do not care or respect me as a black person um, to use that word around me. Or two, you're very comfortable with me. And two, you know that I won't take it as yeah. such. But, but I, I am do. taking it as such. <laughs> I am taking it as such. So it's kind of like, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have this topic with you. Because it's like confronting racism. Yes. I think to me that is racist. To, to me, I think it is is disrespectful. So, how? Okay, so, my question to you is like, actually, how how do you confront racism? How mm -hmm. do you confront racial racial like biases? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. You can you don't have to answer that at all. Yeah, I'm um, just like just like curious. Confront racism against other like just other people like in that scenario to with or to, to say someone to, was yeah. racist to you. Yes, or um, to you, your friend, your family member, whoever. If it was like your if it was like. I just totally. <laughs> I blah, 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 blah. If it was like you know, for that, for uh, an example, when we had that, when you had that interaction with our coworker, you know, that to me that was racist. That was yes. It, it was it was borderline racist. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he was necessarily I don't think he was necessarily respecting you in those moments. Uh, not you as a woman, and not you as a woman of color. And uh, so I'm just like curious because I, I, I stopped what I was doing and it kind of engaged and just watched you two interact because I'm trying to figure out, you know, it's the best way to, to combat this yeah. in a um, good way, in a non like hostile way. I, I try to like pick at a person's mind. I try to keep calm and be as tactful as possible because even though we have every right to be angry, yeah. Um, sometimes you have to make sacrifices to meet solutions. So sometimes I have to sacrifice my anger and keep calm. But what I like to do is I like to ask them questions. So if someone were to make a racist joke, say that one coworker who I don't agree with said, um, I don't really like Asian people because they're just yellow and their eyes make it look like they're always up to something and i remember being oh, like he, yeah that was yep yeah i remember being like i sat there and kind of acted like i didn't understand the joke and i was like what i don't get it mm -hmm. so when you act like you don't get it and you just don't understand that mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna feel engaged to be like well you know because like and the more that they exp try to explain themselves when you ask questions and ask what they're doing as a question, so you kind of they own have it. to they have to own it and hear themselves explain why they acted the way they did. I see. And then they're I like, know. "Oh shit!" Yeah. I mean, oh crap. Yeah. Um, You're fine. <laughs> that's that was really racist. Yeah. And funny, funny story. My friend told me this. Um, owning like owning that kind of scenarios and it's kind of funny it just you saying that reminded me of it uh my friend was having an argument with his mom uh, this is years ago and uh i wasn't there he was telling me the story and uh he called his mom a bitch oh. and 
And instead of his mom just kind of going on a tangent and like, boy, you better get over here and blah, 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 whoop that ass. Oh, he got his ass whooped. But she owned it. What do you mean? She owned it. She was like, he was like, you're a bitch. And he, his mom was just like, I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. Well, God damn it. I'm a bitch. I'm going to show you a bitch. Get over here. And whooped his ass. Rightfully so. If I called my mom anything like that, you know, wham, I'm not into the future. Jesus. But, you know, you, you, you kind of like, so you own that situation pretty much. You take control. Like, so in a sense to me, how you just explained that to me. Uh, very simplified is a reverse psychology kind of thing. Yes, basically. Yeah. Because, like, if you say you're being racist or you, 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 mm-hmm. to anyone, whether it's not a racial topic or anything, you're mm-hmm. going to feel defensive. Be like, whoa, why are you coming at me? Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is pose it in question form okay. so that they have to look through that scenario they themselves kinda, like, within their head. They kind of, like, rewind that yes. way back in there. It's like, so, oh, like, okay. Next time your best friend, you know, says the N-word with a hard R, be like, what did you say? Kind of. So kind of in a sense, call them out. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But I, it, not so aggressive. Not so aggressive. Like, yeah. But it, it, it's still I'm, give light to being like, hey, that's, you're overstepping many boundaries here. I don't, it, that is a, that is a boundary to me. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to get in an argument because it's going to cause an argument. Well, I mean, sometimes you gotta get I, in arguments to get the and you're def- you're you're definitely oh trust me and believe yeah. preach that yes most definitely I believe that <laughs> is I I just try to avoid conflict I I really do I am horrible with conf- confrontation uh, I I try to avoid it the best way I can yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't it never does me any favors it never does me any favors is it because you get too passionate I do. You know, power to you. I am a very emotional person, and I'm a very passionate person when there are topics that I care about, especially when there are topics I care about. And this right here, this whole entire conversation is something I deeply care about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I may not be able to voice it in the most literate of ways, because in my head, it's 10 times more aggressive. It's 10 times more passionate. It's 10 times more everything. But like talking about it, I I get lost in the sauce, and I trip up my words and stuff. Yeah, it's hard. this whole talk was like very complex so it's like i can only imagine that when you're in that situation where you have to face it head on it's like where do i start yeah you know it kind of the book goes out the window you know and you know it's interesting because another coworker, um she's an ally she's white Mm um i like i like the i like the fact that you use the term ally yes because i'm just saying i just really like that yeah because this is a fight and yeah it is a fight. Yeah. She proved to me that she's an ally. Um, but sometimes it's really sad that sometimes we have to look to allies in order to be heard. But I really do appreciate when someone is an ally. And like when I think of that, I could think about like your one friend who was in that situation. Maybe they can help bring it into light. Or maybe um, in tackling that, you can think of all the things that you ever want to say. Think of... Kind of like write yourself a script to where you know you can be calm and maybe you can sit down and be like, hey, BFF, I want to talk to you in person. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this is just like a personal yeah. issue at this moment, no, but you're, like, you're I right. want yeah. you to be able to speak that because you deserve that because everything you've told me and you went through, mm-hmm. you have every right to stand up for yourself and be like, this means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And if he's going to be your best friend, if he's going to understand you for who you are, 
He should know that it hurts you. And I feel like he would. I'm very interested to see why when I do confront him. Cause I don't, feel like you're making it scarier in your head. I make everything scarier in my head, sweetheart. I, I really do. <laughs> everything in my head is ten times more complex than it needs to be. Well, that's your answer. That's yeah. <laughs> you're you're definitely right. Gosh, you're like you should be a life coach or something. Jeez. That's what I'm trying to be. Holla <laughs> at your girl. Holla at your girl. Check it out on Instagram. <laughs> um, I'm very interested. I'm extremely interested to see his response. It hasn't happened yet, and I don't want to just bring it up out of the blue. So yeah. the next time Hopefully that this he doesn't does, hear this podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he will. Um, he's like, yeah, so uh, you talk about me in the podcast, bro? He's like, not necessarily. I didn't drop you. You're but like, perfect. Perfect. What I wanted to talk, talk to This you is about. what I wanted to talk to you about. Awesome. Great. Gateways. Awesome. Cool. Um, but I'm very just very interested because he's a person of, you know, ethnic backgrounds yeah. and i'm very interested to see like what's his response to be like why do you why, why do you feel comfortable why do you use this word being another me? person of color does not excuse you from it doesn't you know. but at the same time i feel like you should still see where i'm coming from as someone with similar struggles yes and as exactly. you're, you're you're completely right i definitely agree with you that just because you're another person of color doesn't give you an excuse i don't use it at I, all I, sometimes people are like so if I were to imagine a situation where you were like, all right, since you're going to say the N-word around me, I'm going to call you a gook and I'm going to call you a chink. Ooh, oh, my God. But, like, to him, it would probably be, like, a joke. But, like, to me, like, the N-word in itself, in America's history, in just everything that has happened with that word and is associated with that word carries blood, carries heartbreak, carries tears, carries... Pain. Anguish, anger. It's not the same as to if you would call him a chink or a gook. It does, but like to an extent. Not the, it's not the same weight. Yeah, it doesn't carry yeah, the same weight. weight. Yeah. And he should understand that. Yeah. I think, honestly, from his point of view, it is because, like, you know, he's comfortable I, I, with me. I think he's just super comfortable. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, coworker uh, uses that word same, around me. Same coworker? Different coworker uses that word around me, and it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I don't, and I still don't know how to feel about it either. It's, 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 it's very. I, you know, like I, like we just said five minutes ago, it's way more complex in my head, and I'm making it more yeah. scarier than it needs to be. Uh, and this is, and I feel like right now I'm kind of the problem yes. because I'm too afraid to speak up. And I feel like that's one well, of these purposes. Know, that's amazing that you identify yourself as that. Yeah. And, well, yeah, thank you. Um, but I feel yeah, like... Yeah, you talk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you talk. Yeah, you... Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, right in these instances, I am part of the problem because I am kind of afraid to speak up because I want to avoid that conflict. But we need to tackle these issues mm -hmm. if we want to move past them. Exactly. Uh, you have to you start with yourself. Yeah, most definitely. Man in the mirror, you got to start with yourself. Yeah. You know? And... Um, that that is one of the roots of the problem is to is that we're not talking about it and one of uh, there was someone who said like the best way to tackle racism is to not acknowledge it but I it's like no 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 most definitely when you not don't acknowledge it we're con we continue to be hidden mm -hmm. our needs and our our needs our basic human rights are hidden yeah i definitely definitely completely agree with that um, they were like, uh, we should not talk about it and not have 
you know, not separate us. And I want to meet this person. I just want to talk. <laughs> I just want to talk. <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't have like the first, um, the first black person or the first female or the first, you know, Hispanic or the first Spanish, whatever. Um, but I'm like, no, no, I definitely disagree with that completely. Yeah. We need to have these we, conversations. We need exactly. to have these conversations. We can't just be idle and just let these things pass us by. Um, we have a voice. We have a voice. Why should I? Why should I be silent? Dim myself down. You know, and every single person. Is it's I th- yeah. I think the main way is one of the outlets. I guess uh, issues to ta- tackle it is to figure out how to tackle. Uh, like me with this whole internal struggle with my friend and this yeah. co-worker it's like how do I go about this next time that it arises and you know um, that co-worker did tell me he, he purposely he honestly told me uh, he said that I you know I feel actually comfortable around you using this and um, it's only been maybe once or twice that I can recall that I, I can only imagine you're like eh. <laughs> yeah Alright, well, Rocky, now you're a new bitch. You're powerful. (laughs) You're right. So, Um, next time it arises... Oh, most definitely. I will definitely speak my voice because now, after having this conversation with you, I see things clearly in Mm -hmm. a more clear way uh, and a different different perspective, to be honest with you. Um, It just, it kind of bugs me because I get it, but I, well, I I don't really get it. No, I don't get it. one thing that I do get a lot is the fact that I am a very comfortable person to be around. You and are. I, and, I, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I really, I feel pri- pri- privileged for my friends and my peers to say mm-hmm. that to me and to actually feel that. Because um, I, I want to, you know, have a welcoming environment. And my mom is that person to me. Yeah. My adoptive mom is that person to me, I should say. Um, you know, anytime that I've brought friends over to my house and they would leave, after they would meet my mom, they were like, wow, your house is very warm. Aww. And it's like, oh, thanks. It's like, yeah, mostly it's your mom. My dad's a very soft-spoken guy. But it, like, they're like, your mom is very nice. And it's not just nice. It's not like Southern comfort. I, I know what Southern hospitality is. Um, Bless your heart. But it's, I've gotten that numerous times. And I try to be that person. I try to be my mom inside of me. That sounded very weird. Whoa. <laughs> that sounded extremely weird. That let's Anyways, delete that. Fast that. Okay, forward. okay. Uh, but I try to be that person, you know. Um, I try to be my mom in those aspects. I try to have a warm and welcoming environment, and I feel like sometimes it kind of backfires. In a sense. It doesn't. Sometimes love can be toxic. Love can be very toxic. Oh, trust. Oh, it yes. can be very blinding. We should never have an episode on just family. Oh my god. I know, yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where where to go like well, the next time that it does happen and to like ta- how to tackle it i should say well I, I there's this thing where it comes from like it's like an organization like a philippine organization that my boyfriend was in and mm-hmm. i like it and maybe you can find light in it but um there is no self if you don't know yourself there's no roots if you don't know your roots so i feel like just if you're we were as people of color, just to reflect on our values, our ethics, what has been done to us, what has been done to other people of color. We understand the depth of this pain, of this pride, of what needs to be celebrated. And I feel like that's very powerful in itself for you to use your voice because your narrative, your background, everything that you've gone through is your voice. 
and I feel like you being a person who brings comfort to many people, your voice matters and anyone that you meet is going to respect where you come from because you try your best to be loving and I feel like that gives you your own magic powers. So I feel <laughs> like you should definitely use it and I feel like um you're like the best of us where you could use love <laughs> love comfort and um Underst- I, I just try to be a very understanding person yes that is one of my cores is that I try to be a very understanding person mm-hmm. uh, to see things from both two sides two sides of the two sides exactly. of the point you know um, yeah I just try to be a very understanding person and then from there it just go at, from, that's where I start mm-hmm. and then that's my jump off point and um to understand where you're coming from, to respect where you're coming from. Well, if you could see those values and that beauty in others, I'm pretty sure that would reflect back to you if you were to speak up. Gosh, man, you're so good at this. Thanks. We are crying and shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, so wrapping everything, like, together, um, last thing, like, where do you think we go from here? Where do you think we can go from here? Um, to realize that empathy really saves. There's a fine line between sympathy and empathy. So yeah. to truly envision yourself in another person's shoes is our biggest weapons. Okay. I definitely understand that. I feel like now that as a culture, us you know, getting more, more um, in tune with what's going on, we're becoming more aware of all of these racial injustices, of all of these... The um, spectrum, the fights. The fights, the spectrum, you find. Uh, everything, uh, that's great. That's great, you know, progress for the sake of progress, but let's move forward. We have mm-hmm. to figure out the next way to tackle these issues. Uh, myself included. <laughs> yes, uh, which we will so work on. I most definitely will work on. Um, yes, because if we stay silent, nothing's going to get done. Exactly. You know, it's... You're just standing still. Fly stay silent when we're all bright yeah. and loud people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right about that. You are right about that. Uh, so, um, yeah, that brings us to another episode. Um, thank you, Jamel. Thank you for so having much. me and for considering me. It means a lot. Yeah, I. This is asterisk been hug asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, definitely appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to our very small like a very small audience um <laughs> it'll grow yeah it'll grow hopefully yes you know um follow you can follow jamel um yeah um if you're into food and holistic uh, cuisine follow me at sandok sentient which is s-a-n-d-o-k sentient and um for my personal profile you could follow me at princess bloom with two three o's three o's so, yes. three o's <laughs> love yeah. it All right, well, again, thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next week on another episode. And uh, as always, love each other and take care. Yay, bye!